I'm Frank Andorka, Editorial Director of Solar Power World Magazine. Welcome to another edition of Solar Speaks, Solar Power World's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. Matt Denninger, Senior Marketing Manager of Advanced Energy, presented a paper at a conference in 2012 where he talked about his list of eight ways to lower PV costs, and he joins us now to discuss it. Matt, thanks for joining us. You bet, Frank. Thanks for having me. So first things first, can you explain to our listeners what the levelized cost of energy, or LCOE, is? A lot of people look at the cost of a plant as how much capital is required in order to purchase equipment to put into the ground, or in addition to all the permitting. By using LCOE, you get a holistic, long-term view of the entire cost, meaning the levelized cost, of energy for the entire plant. And what that is is a, is a fraction, if you were to think about it that way. Um, at the top would be all of the plant costs, the uh, purchase of the equipment, the permitting, as well as the operations and maintenance over an entire lifetime, over how much is the plant expected to produce over the entire lifetime. And what that does is it gives you a, a per kilowatt hour uh, cost over the plant lifetime, as opposed to a one-figure upfront cost uh, that is financed at the beginning. Uh, what are the primary drivers of LCOE from your perspective? I would look at the primary drivers of LCOE having three major components. I mentioned a fraction earlier with a numerator and a denominator. And the numerator would be the BOS cost as well as the O&M cost. So by the BOS cost, that would be, you know, the module, uh, the inverter, the install cost, the cabling, and permitting, and finance. And the O&M cost would be the operations and maintenance, so uh, annual service or any types of uh, issues that have to be resolved over the life of the uh, plant. In the denominator would be the high energy, you know, how much energy is being produced. So, and that's a function of insulation, temperature coefficiency, uh, what we call the inverter load ratio, so other people call it the DC to AC ratio, how efficient is the inverter, and how much will the system be up, so system uptime. So taking all those together on the numerator, the BOS cost, and the operations and maintenance costs, and on the bottom, the energy production expected to over the product uh, plant's lifetime, that gives you the three primary drivers of LCOE. You know, I keep hearing talk about how the biggest contributor to the high price of solar systems is the balance of systems costs. Uh, do you agree with that? And if you do agree with that, how can we bring those costs down? You know, over the last few years, we've seen dramatic drop in the price of the modules uh, on the average of 30 to 40 percent per year over the last couple of years. Those uh, BOS costs have dropped dramatically, making solar more uh, economical, especially in the face of uh, reducing fit and uh, other programs. So that's exciting news. We, we do see these costs coming down. Uh, but we also see what are being called soft costs, um, 
you know, rising to kind of the, the forefront of these discussions. Um, primarily, as each system design is unique, as each jurisdiction has its own uh, interests and uh, priorities, you know, each developer and construction company seems to have uh, reinvent the wheel, perhaps, or at least uh, restart a lot of processes that, if they were standardized, would actually reduce the cost tremendously. I recently read an article where, where they compared the soft cost of Europe versus the soft cost of the U.S., and the soft costs in Europe are at least a half, if not a third, of the soft cost in the U.S. on a per kilowatt basis. That, to me, talks to having things that are standardized, having people with a longer uh, experience, and uh, being able to use that experience to leverage that learning curve to reduce costs. But I think there's a lot of areas where costs can be reduced, and as the module prices have come down dramatically, people are turning their attention to other parts of the entire project cost structure. So in general, what percentage of the total cost of a solar installation is the inverter, and is there any way to bring those costs down? You know, we work extensively with our supply chain uh, to, to figure out what can we do um, as a partner with our customers to provide them with a higher value for the value proposition we provide. Typically, the inverter cost um, 10 to 15 percent of the entire site, uh, so small relative to the entire pie. But what we do is leverage our ability to work with our customers to provide a total cost reduction to the site. A couple examples include you know, providing uh, what we call a um, remote TV tie by reducing the conductor length. So in addition to looking at the cost of our inverter, and we also look at how can our solutions help the total cost of the site. By using some of our solutions, the conductor length um, reduction provides a, a, a saving if your DC home run is more than 50 feet long. Some other examples are providing financial models that help our developer go to the finance group and say, you know, there is a way to uh, supplant the need to replace the inverter in year 10. Many finance companies will not accept a model that does not have an, a, an inverter placement baked in at year 10. What we have shown is, well, that's one option, but there's a less expensive option that saves 40% of the inverter cost if you perform preventive maintenance on an annual basis and have an extended warranty throughout the life of the project. That warranty will protect the financier's risk. In addition, we can consolidate content, whether it's on a skid, having four inverters and a high-voltage transformer show up two megawatts at a time at a utility project, or include inside an inverter the DC disco, the transformer, the gateway, the revenue-grade meter, and the AC disconnect all in one package, thereby reducing the soft cost of managing several vendors and uh, getting all of these tested uh, within a box so it shows up on the site ready to install, reducing labor costs. So I think if you were to imagine the inverter as a fulcrum that can be used to leverage lower costs throughout the entire project, um, those projects that use us in that manner and see us as a trusted advisor uh, win more projects than not. Do you think the industry can consolidate different system components, and what effect would that have? Uh, we do believe in consolidation. Um, 
Advanced Energy has 30 years in power conversion um, experience, whether it's in thin film, putting it for semiconductors that Samsung or Intel would use, power conversion that a glass coating factory would use, um, uh, all strung up in one. And what we found is by working with our partners, by working with our end users and our customers, we were able to understand what other components and features and functionality they use as the electricity is delivered from the factory wall to the process. We understand how to incorporate those features and functions into our products so that everything is harmonized within one box to the fullest extent possible, and the customer is reducing their soft cost of having to deal with several vendors, aligning several specifications, and qualify and guarantee their process to their end users. Case in point, uh, we have a, a, a skid solution that has four 500 kilowatt inverters on one truck-sized metal frame with one medium voltage transformer that uh, does have some labor savings because everything is wired at the factory. But what it also does is it allows their on-site construction group to have five less vendors to deal with uh, for several um, components worth of delivery. For example, if there is a 100 megawatt site, typically that would need 200 inverters. If I have 200 inverters, maybe 50 to 60 transformers, several uh, disconnect box, several hundred feet of wires and connections to be made, all uh, within you know a 90 degree Arizona sun, maybe 100 degree Arizona sun. Contrast that with having for 100 megawatt site, 50 kids show up with all of that work already done and has to be settled on a concrete pad with the DC runs to be held. So there's huge savings in management and on-site labor. We also can do that for the commercial installations where a 500-kilowatt inverter can be married with the AC disco, the revenue meter, a gateway, a transformer, and D several DC discos all connected with uh, sub-combined with these breakers all within one inverter. One box shows up at the site. The crane rental is much lower if it's put on the roof. There's less cabling to be done on the site. And all of this is done uh, within the box within advanced energy and qualified before it leaves the factory. So in summary, consolidation of components reduces on-site management costs, on-site labor costs, and it ensures that all the specifications, other components are harmonized within one delivery, thereby reducing the upfront engineering and design costs as well. You also talk, Matt, about increasing the production of systems to help defray the LCOE. Can you explain what you meant by that? To go back to the LCOE model, where the numerator has the balance of system costs and the O&M costs over the life of the project, the numerator is how much energy is being produced. The more you increase the denominator, the better your LCOE results. And there are a handful of ways of doing that to improve your LCOE. One is to increase the inverter load ratio, or what some people call the DC to AC ratio. If you were to imagine a graph with kilowatt hours produced on the y-axis and the day of time, one day's worth of time across the x-axis, you would have your typical bell curve um, uh, flattening out at the top at nameplate power. We, we would like to see more people increase what we call the shoulders of that curve, broadening the curve so that way there's an increase in production as the production ramps up during the day and production ramps down during the, during the evening. This, this will get more power out of, the, out of that site and with the dramatic decrease in the cost of modules, it has become more cost-effective to do that. Another way to improve LCOE is to evaluate the efficiencies of the inverters that are being selected for that site. 
the CEC has used a method which uh, we have no problem with. We think they're doing the right thing that uh, that measures heat efficiency, which typically happens at 30 to 40 percent of the rated output power of that inverter. Most sites, however, are running at greater than 70 percent of that rated power, which we call a capacity factor. When evaluating inverters, we think it would be better to evaluate inverters not so much on peak efficiency or weighted efficiency but what is happening greater than 70% of the rated output power. For example, in some cases, you might see a 0.2% difference at peak, but a 1.2% difference at 80% rated output power. That additional 1% of production, quite a bit uh, to a developer who's trying to find a way to pencil out a certain project. And the third way to improve LCOE is to ensure that product coming on the site has a very high inverter availability. Inverter avail availability means for a given time between sunrise and sunset all throughout a 24-hour period, how much is the inverter available? We measure our inverter availability uh, from sunrise to sunset regardless of what's happening, uh, whether there's a foot of snow on the uh, module or whether there's a dust storm in Arizona. The inverter needs to show up for work and punch that clock. We have a site in Arizona with over 200 inverters, and for several, and for the first several months of this year, when we were measuring it, was at 99.8% availability versus a 99% availability target. So looking at how well the inverter can handle a high DC to AC ratio, for example, can it only go up to 1.2, or can it go up to 1.4 in one of our products, it can go up to 1.75, or what is happening at 70 to 80% of rated output power of the weighted efficiency to make sure that you're getting the biggest uh, output uh, for, in terms of efficiency and how available is the product. Those three things are key to maximizing LCOE denominator in terms of out output production. You know, I keep hearing uh, how important operation and maintenance is becoming in the solar industry. What are you hearing about O&M and how can power providers reduce how much they pay for those services? You know, O&M is a, is a great business to help our customers because it shows that we're putting skin in the game and being with them for, for 20 years. We look at this as a very long-term relationship, and, um, and since the inverter is the most, probably the most uh, intricate and complex piece of equipment on the ground, by being able to service and maintain the inverter to maximize uptime, as mentioned earlier, uh, makes us a key partner for handling O&M on the entire site. But more so than that, some of the key things to think about with O&M is it can reduce soft costs by having a nationwide O&M provider. Think about the developer who's in Northern California, now has sites in Nevada or in Arizona. They could use a standard template contract with a nationwide O&M provider to provide those first call response, to have the modules clean, to have go out and check to see what's going on at the site because of an alarm, as opposed to having an O&M provider in Nevada and an O&M provider in Arizona. To complicate the execution of O&M, which extends the time that the uh, system is down. And it also, up front, uh, introduces additional costs because of additional legal contracts and negotiations. A nationwide provider has all of that under one umbrella, and it also ensures the same level of high quality throughout the entire territory. Another thing it does is by having a large organization that handles several different types of PV installations in several different environments, there's a very high accelerated learning curve that an O&M provider can bring, such as AE. By having people that learn things on the East Coast, share it with the West Coast or in the Midwest, say, oh, yes, we've seen those types of issues before. Here's the best way to move forward. Or with our vendor selection, if and when we need to subcontract, we have a very good view of, of, of which people to use and 
how to benchmark those qualities. Also, by using the standard uh, scale, the kinds of scale, uh, it just helps everyone become more cost-effective and uh, responsive in ensuring that the that the production of any interruption in the production of these solar sites is minimized and uh, recovery is achieved as, as soon as possible. If people want to find out more about advanced energy and, in particular, your thoughts on lowering LCOE, where would they find that information? Well, I have two areas where they could go, possibly a third. The first would be AEI.com and check out uh, this presentation that uh, was given at uh, the conference earlier this year on eight ways to reduce uh, PV costs. The second is to also go to the AE website or, and look through our contact us and contact our local account representatives that, that services your area and we'd be more than happy to walk you through this and get you in touch with me if necessary. And the third way, Frank, is uh, to visit your website and uh, listen to the podcast. Thanks, Matt. Uh, we've been speaking with Matt Denninger, Senior Marketing Manager of Advanced Energy, who presented a paper at a conference this year where he talked about his list of eight ways to lower PV costs. This has been Solar Speaks, Solar Power World Magazine's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. I'm Frank Andorka, Editorial Director of Solar Power World Magazine. Until next time.